Is there things he doesn't want to talk about? Are you kidding? Like Mr. Potato Head? No. Those are all, just trust me. I'm just. It's not my first quiet. radio. Mm. I'm just going to be quiet. Possible. Hello. Dr. Seuss canceled on his birthday today, JR. That's John Rich, Big and Rich, national singer songwriter, going to join us coming up during this episode. And with John Rich, JR, nothing is off limits. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Don, and I'm Caddy's wife. You know how we were talking about uh, a while ago? We went to Cancun. Oh, probably, I don't know. God, it was like 10 Much years ago. ago. Yeah, when the girls were at summer camp. And we um, decided we were going to buy a boat, you and I. And we were going to like sail around like the Caribbean. And do topless and, tacos. Yeah, and do a topless, topless taco, taco stand. stand. And we just had lots of plans. And again, that was 10 years ago. There and the boat was going to be the... Squirty Squid. The Squirty Squid. But that can't happen right now with the topless tacos because ain't nobody buying from either of us. But at any rate... No, but yours would sell them. I don't know about if that. If people were buying... I don't your, know. Yours would They'd sell. have to look under the <laughs> yeah. under the taco the grill, stand to find them. Under the Blackstone Grill? Yeah. <laughs> Where you got your fajita meat to cooking? To see them. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I don't know how we got here. I but didn't say that. we have these friends who lived in Cumming, Georgia, in a neighborhood, had three kids, loved these people. I'm not going to say who they are. They sold their house. Probably six months ago, right before, really right before the, well, no, probably longer than that. Anyway, yeah, six, seven months ago, right after the pandemic kind of got going and bought a sailboat and are now sailing. Perfect time for huge life change like that, right? And they sailed from Maryland to Charleston, all the way down to Florida, and now they are in the Bahamas. And some of us, not myself, some of us were questioning, like, are these people crazy? Like Chicks who, in your group text. Just everybody. And I mean, I even thought, not that they were crazy, but I'm just like, is this a good idea? Now, he is retired Navy. But when I say that, he was more logistical, you know, that type of thing. It wasn't like he was a sailor on the seas. But they have also sailed before. They've done sailing vacations. Anyway, they're having the time of their lives. And these pictures that they're posting, the water is incredibly blue. And the sailing part of it is one thing. I think what I'm so attracted to is having absolutely no agenda. No agenda. You know, they stayed in Georgetown in the Bahamas um, for a couple of nights and they loved it so much. They stayed for five more nights because they, it's not like they, it's not a vacation where you're trying to smush everything in before you've got to get back on the plane or get back in the car and get home. But they're homeschooling, too, right? The kids? They're homeschooling. Yeah. On the, the boat. Three kids. Yeah. yeah. And a dog and a dog, a lab who had to learn how to go to the bathroom on the boat. But their adventures are amazing. Maybe I should, should I give their Instagram handle so people can. Yeah. Okay, it's the Boo Crew, B-O-U-C-R-E-W. The pictures are beautiful. They are funny. They're a very funny family, and they are like any other family living in the suburbs who picked up and moved on to a sailboat. Rolled the dice. Seriously, moved on to a sailboat. But it's worked out really well for them. Super proud of them. I know her mom listens to the podcast all the time, so I'm sure her mom was worried, you know, when they took off. But Spell, spell Boo. B-O-U. 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 Yeah. yeah, okay. B-O-U Crew. Yep. So anyways, I'm thinking maybe we should... Fire up the squirty squid. Fire up the squirty squid. Head to Ruba and take off your top. Yeah. Sell some tacos. There we go. Come and get them. Okay. Ew. Come and get them. Okay. Ew. Stop. Okay. Let's move on. 
Okay, Carl is uncomfortable. <laughs> and I am too. Actually, All I'm right. more uncomfortable than Carl. So uh, we add every episode two songs to the is now Donna and Caddy hype song playlist. And there are songs that we, you know, Donna and I don't, we don't ride places together. We don't drive together. We don't ride together. We just, well, we enjoy. Yeah. Not being together. Listening to different kinds. I wasn't, what are you talking <laughs> I mean, about? I was going to say we yeah. enjoy listening to different kinds of music, which now, we do. When people have asked me, when we go to dinner in places, like we, we Occasionally ride together. Occasionally we'll ride together. Yes. When it makes sense. When we're going out. Coming to the like, studio, though, yes. I like to do my own thing on the way here. Yes. And okay. you do whatever you do. So anyway, what song are you listening to on the way I here I just today? drive. I don't know what you're doing. Okay. I, in, in honor That's a whole other segment. In honor of John Rich, I am adding um, Lost in This Moment, Big and Rich. Huge song. God, I love that song. Every time I hear that song, I think if I could get married again to you or, you know, I would like play that song. Like it's such a great wedding song coming down the aisle. Um, and it was from the album Between Raising Hell and Amazing Grace, which that's just such, that's so big and rich, the name of that album. But it was written by um, J.R., John Rich, Rodney Clawson, who we've talked about on the podcast before, and Keith Anderson. And it was the CMA single of the year and the ACM song of the year. So great song. So many hits in Big and Rich. Oh, so Save many. Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. So many. Was the, this and remains a signature song. Yeah. And they really broke barriers. Remember when they took Cowboy Troy on the road? Well, um, they had everybody. Two foot, who, four foot Fred, four, two foot who, Fred. I was going to say, who's the little fella? It's a four, two foot Fred. Two foot Fred. They had Cowboy Troy. They had a woman who would paint while they would sing. Do you remember her? Yes. She'd get barefoot and she'd put up this easel and paint on stage. They were so ahead of their time. So ahead of their time. And I remember the time that we were a little ahead of the curve on the Big and Rich train because we we knew both of them. But I remember going to Bill Gentry, who owned Wild Bills at the time. Remember this? And I think we've had mm-hmm. this conversation months ago on the podcast. But we went to Bill Gentry and like, listen. You got to book them. Big and Rich. You get, and he was like, what? Who? Well, nobody really knew of them. And they put on an amazing show. And by this time, I think at least Holy Water was on radio. No, not Holy Water. Well, that was, uh, no, it uh, was uh, uh, Wild Wild West. So, yeah. Yeah. The first album. And that show was electric. And I remember Bill Gentry walking up to us afterwards. I think it was maybe even a sold out show by that time. It was like, listen, thank you. Thank you for the. I remember some people walking up to us and going, what in the Who hell? are. Well, there was there were people that had questions about being rich in the beginning. Yeah. As well. Yeah. But it worked, John out, Rich, worked out well. For uh, I'm going to add a song that John Rich wrote. Okay. Uh, Hicktown. Oh. From Jason Aldean. He actually wrote it with, uh, with he, he and Big Kenny did. Was the first song ever released by uh, Aldine in, in 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 the mid two thousands, and I just want to rattle off a list that is by no means exhaustive of the other songs, the other creations by John Rich for other artists, like "We Never Loved It All" for Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. She doesn't know she's got it for Blake Shelton, "Redneck Woman," "Here for the Party" for Gretchen Wilson, and all the other Gretchen Wilson, uh, Wilson hits back in the 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 music mafia era. Uh, "Cowboy Troy," I play "Chicken with the Train," "Crick in My Neck." And um, come crying to me for Lone Star. Remember, you had no idea that John Rich was totally a founding forgot. member totally of country forgot. group Lone Star back in the day. And um, just a, a string of Jason Alvin hits, too. So I'm going to go with Hicktown. I Anna. just remember, you know, my my uh, two totally different personalities with him and Kenny. But my th- my memories with John Rich or him when we would do remotes or radio remotes um, at car dealerships. And he would roar up in that Corvette. And jump out of that Corvette like almost like Burt Reynolds, and he'd have on those bedazzled jeans, which we're going to talk about. Like, and they'd be skin tight, you know. And he'd just be like, "Golly!" I mean, it was it was like it was really honestly like Burt Reynolds rolling up, and he'd jump out. He's a, he was a good looking man. 
Yes, she is. It's sure, and super talented. So there you All go. Right. We see the the numbers and the downloads and love it. We, we, we know that there are new listeners of the podcast that are rolling in daily. And many begin their podcast journey with the most recent episode. The biggest difference, and I wanted to spend just a second on this because we know that there's new audience, that, that, that tens of, of new audience members every every day to the podcast. <laughs> Unlike radio, podcasts never go away. You, you, you can't say, and I used to hear it in radio, Cadillac Jack, I had to get to work i had to get out of my truck and walk in to the office and, and I, I missed, missed it yeah I missed I, it. what mm-hmm. happened I, I it bothered me all day i never heard that but similar stories with podcasting it never goes away and and we've had people say to me when when do i listen you listen when you want to yeah you listen when you have time you can pause and and stop listening to go into work Finish listening on your lunch hour or finish listening on your way home. Yeah. Listen when you're on the treadmill. Listen when you're walking at the park. Listen when you're at a ball practice. Yeah. It's your time. Listen when you can. And remember that because of that, you can always go back to episode one. You can go back to any episode and, and listen anytime that you'd like. Podcasts never go away. I just want to throw that out there. That's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Going to start our visit with John Rich. Coming up next. Um, I, you know, we've had a lot of conversations on the podcast about music and, and songwriters and, and artists. And, and, and you've heard us talk about an artist putting a song on hold. And that's when a, a songwriter writes a song and they kind of put it out there into the national community. And an artist can say, raise their hand and say, hey, I want to put that song on hold. And what that means is I, 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 I want to record that song. I'm going to put it on hold. No one else can touch it. I've always been curious. If an artist, or a songwriter rather, can say, yeah, listen, or I really was hoping that George Strait was going to record that one, or that really is, to me, sounds like a Toby Keith song. Um, does a songwriter have the, the, the ability uh, to tell an artist, you know what, no, I don't want you to put that particular song on hold. John Rich is getting ready to share a story with you. Listen to this. There was an artist uh, that came through Nashville back about 2002, three. I've never heard of this guy. I said, what record label are you on? He tells me the name of his record label. It's some brand new upstart label that was funded by a, a car dealer. I'm like, what is going on? Okay. And, and, the, and the kid goes, I really like some of your songs. Can I put them on hold for my record? And I'm thinking, well, what songs is it? He had heard some of my songs being played. And he starts calling out some of my, I felt like my best songs. And I thought, God almighty, I don't know, man, because I always thought that one might be for Chesney and this one would be great for George Strait. You know, I'm, oh, I don't know. I said, okay, you got it. The entire conversation and nothing off limits with John Rich coming up next on the Big and Rich pod. Have they taken over us? My second empire. Well, we're going to talk about guitar licks and politics, yeah. which is something I want to be involved in. You're with making John a Rich. pitch. Yeah, you're making a he, pitch. He's getting ready to launch a conservative talk network that plays like Hank Williams Jr. and when Waylon and good country music. I think he's leaving us, Carl. Yeah. All right. For bigger, bigger and uh, bigger pastures here. Okay. Always have a car that fits your need with the Hurts My Car program. Exchange your ride up to twice a month. Choose from three all-inclusive subscription tiers that offer a, a variety of vehicles to fit your budget and your needs without the long-term commitment. And, 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 and it's starting at just $5.99 per month. And that includes your vehicle, your maintenance, your liability protection, and premium roadside assistance, too. 
as low as five ninety nine a month with a Hertz My Car subscription program. Yeah, and if you want to come in at that level, you're also going to get uh, your liability, your maintenance, your roadside assistance, everything at that level. But is if there you an want, echo in here? No, but you if weren't you want, listening. if you want to go to a different level, is my point. You can start at that sure level. Sure, you can. But you can also, if you want to drive more of a luxury vehicle. That option's available but to you, But I think too. what you're saying is regardless of the yeah. tier, the three tiers that you choose. Everything's you, you, included. Oh, okay, I understand. That's what I'm trying to say here. So start out at one level. You can also <laughs> move from level to level. Um, there is no long-term contract. You start out with a, a two-month commitment, and after that commitment, if you've enjoyed driving that vehicle, but you want to move into a very specific vehicle that may be in a different tier, you pay the different rate and move up to that tier. Um, no worries anymore with walking out your door and something wrong with your car, and you got to get it over to the dealership, and you're going to be sitting there all day, and you've lost a day of work, and you can't carpool, and you can't do anything. None of those worries, because they're going to take care of it if you have any of those problems. Something hit me the other day, too. Remember the days when you would see a, a maker model or a vehicle, and you're like, you know what, wow, I really would like to get behind the wheel of that. And if you went to the dealership, maybe that you know you had a sales guy riding shotgun with you around the block, and that's basically all you got. You know, I, some dealerships will allow you to keep a car overnight, you know, for a day or two. But listen, with a Hertz My Car subscription program, if you want to test a make, a model, a manufacturer, you can select that car and you can drive it for as long as you want. If you just want to, again, you exchange your ride up to two times a month. If you choose, you don't even have to do that. You can keep it as long as you want. But if you're thinking, you know what, I want to go, I've, I've always wanted to drive that or man, I would look good behind that, driving that thing, you know, or if, if, if you know that something's coming up, you need a truck, spring break, you need a, a more of an SUV. This is what the program is all about. It's called flexibility. Without the long-term commitment, experience a smart alternative to owning or leasing. Get behind the wheel with the Hertz My Car subscription program. A valid credit card must be presented at the time of rental, and you pick up at over 2,000 convenient Hertz U.S. corporate neighborhood or airport locations. Here's what you do. Hertz.com slash my car. H-E-R-T-Z dot com slash my car. Chef prepared. Every meal kit is is designed and prepared by hand using only the most delicious high quality ingredients with dinner affair the kits are designed to go directly into the freezer so there's less waste and there's more taste and there's no prep needed everything is ready to cook as needed everything is marinated donna everything is trimmed everything is cut sliced minced. last night i asked you i said what do we because you were in there cooking up a storm and i'm like what do we have for dinner you're like Huli Huli chicken. It was mm -hmm. awesome. And it was like Hawaiian chicken. And what made it was this awesome sauce that they had. Um, and you know what's great about it? We modified it. You and I had the sauce. The girls didn't want the sauce. So basically they had, you know, chicken in a side dish, which may sound boring. But the great part about it is we were able to elevate our meal and serve them the same meal without uh, having to. There's nothing worse than when you're having to prepare, like, you know, like doing it ugh, a million different ways. Like you got one meal for one kid, one meal for another kid. So it worked out perfectly. And we do that a lot. We modify the meals to where the girls are going to like them. And then we also love them as well. Guarantee quick meals, no standing uh, for an hour prepping and, and cooking. This allows you, dinner fair allows you to go and spend quality time with your loved ones. $30 off your first order at dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com. Use Caddy Reset 2021 as the promo code. Caddy is C-A-D-D-Y. There is no contract. There is a 100% money back guarantee. And I guarantee you this, you're always going to have a fresh home-cooked meal ready when you need it most. Free, contact-free delivery in Atlanta, but Dinner Affair also ships nationwide. Dinneraffair.com. Dinneraffair.com.
John Rich, Nashville singer-songwriter, half of Big and Rich, contributor on the Fox News Network, host on Fox Nation, Redneck Riviera Whiskey, Redneck Riviera Bar and Barbecue, and a whole lot more. Uh, you're a Texas boy, John, and, and, and as we were walking into the studio, Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, says, listen, it's time. We are going to open Texas at 100%. We're going to end this, the, the statewide mask mandates uh, and end in, in COVID-19 restrictions because he says that state mandates are no longer needed. I think below 50,000 daily cases today. Um, good move on behalf of you, Governor. Oh, what do you think? Absolutely. Yes, yes I do. Yes. <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, personal responsibility is what America has always been about. Listen, it, People took, let's go way back. Let's go back to the founding fathers and those, those folks. They took personal responsibility and said, hey, we want freedom. We want freedom for ourselves and we want freedom for generations to come. So we're going to take it upon ourselves to fight the most powerful empire on the planet to make it happen. We're going to take personal responsibility. We're going to sign our names to the Declaration of Independence and take that responsibility because. That's how important it is. So when you start talking about something like not trusting Americans to have enough sense to know when they might be more vulnerable to something like COVID or less vulnerable, or do they want to take the chance by going to a restaurant or whatever, for the government to take over that decision-making process, take it away from responsible, tax-paying, sensible Americans, and not only take it away, take it away for a year. And then all the all the byproducts of that that we all are all too well aware of suicide, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, child abuse, depression, all those things that come into play for the state of Texas to finally open back up and say enough is enough. Let's let people be people again. Uh, Hallelujah. Thank God. Long overdue. I'm glad to see it happen. That's a hell. Yeah, that's not a hallelujah. That's a hell. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, and, and I think we've talked about a lot on our podcast that. People are mad because they exactly what you just said. They've been their rights to make their own decisions have been taken away. You know, all of this cancel culture and everything that we are grown adults. Let us decide for ourselves what we choose to have in our lives, what we choose to not have in our lives and and stop letting the government dictate for us what we should be doing. I think we all know that politicians are pretty well known for not being great decision makers, okay? <laughs> Let's go look at their personal lives. Let's go look at uh, how they vote. Let's go look at what they say when they're running and then what they actually do when they win. I mean, come on. Uh, to, to, for them to tell us that they know better than we do is just absolute utter nonsense because they don't know better than we do. We know better than they do. They work for us. We are their boss. And because this thing's been flipped around where the government's calling all the shots, you know, the bigger government gets, the smaller the people get, the smaller freedom gets. The bigger the government, smaller the freedom. More freedom, smaller government. So you've got two counter narratives going on here. You've got one side, which I think is the side we're on, that says, hey, I've got the right to pursue happiness. I don't have the right to be happy. I don't have the right to be successful. I have the right to pursue those things. And then the other side says, we have to be happy. We have to be successful. We have to have everything we want when we want it. 
and we're totally fine if the government wants to control everything because that means we get everything we want. Well, you're going to get everything you want except one thing, respect. You're not going to get respect because the only way a human being gets respect is by charting their own path, doing the hard work, accomplishing something for themselves that they have their fingerprints on. That's their deal. That's how you get respect. There is no respect in the government giving you everything. And I think them taking away freedoms and then now saying, okay, we're going to start giving back your freedoms. What are we supposed to do at that point? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yeah. Oh, thank you, sir, for allowing me to live my life again. See, it just infuriates me that the arrogance uh, of the politicians that take everything away and then, and then, you know, good for Texas for turning it back on. But don't expect us to walk around, you know, hat in hand. Thank you so much for letting us have the freedom back that you should have never taken in the first place. I, I, listen, it, it just makes you stutter, right? You feel like Mel Tillis half the time. You're so, <laughs> so wound up about it. Your words are stepping on each other. Do you ever feel like, John, I mean, I, I admi- I've always admired the fact that you just speak your mind and, you know, tell your your true feelings. Do you think that that's something that's kind of missing in Nashville? And do you feel like maybe maybe you have the power to do that more because you are successful and you've had a great career? Do you think that artists now coming up feel like they have to kind of suppress their feelings some? Well, there's a lot of artists out there that are many multiple times more successful than I am that I know for a fact are conservatives. I know for a fact they voted for Donald Trump. You know how I know that? Because they call me on the phone and talk to me in basic, uh, I would call them quasi-counseling sessions because they they are not saying what they want to say because they know if they do, the liberal-run record label that they're on or the liberal-run media outlets, including a lot of country radio, won't play their songs anymore. And that's just a fact, you know, not all of them, but, uh, but enough of them that it would, it would definitely hurt their career if they came out like I come out. Why, why am I doing it and they're not? You know, I thought about that for several years. I was in that position of going, I really want to say this and that, but if I do that, I know what's going to happen. You know, I'm not going to be able to chart a single. I'm not going to get invited to the CMA awards, you know, several things are going to happen. It's just a given. And so I held back for a while, a couple of years, bit my tongue, didn't raise my voice up about things that I felt strongly about. And one day I just felt, I just felt bad about myself. You know, I I felt like I am, that is not integrity to feel strongly about a subject and not exercise your freedom of speech for fear of retaliation by the other side. You know, is your freedom of speech for sale or not? That's kind of the question I asked myself. And I said, no, hell no, it's not for sale. And, and no, you can't uh, scare me into silence. And am I going to take some incoming? Sure. Is it going to cost me, uh, you know, airplay and awards or whatever might be coming? Yeah, more than likely it is. But what are you going to pick up, John? Well, you're going to feel better about yourself. No kidding. And, and, and you can't put a dollar bet on that. And maybe there's other people out there that feel like I feel. And when I step out and say it loud enough, maybe they'll follow me in that direction. And, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of that now. I think it's very telling that for the seventh week in a row, consecutive week, uh, on, on the Billboard 
country album chart. Morgan Wallen, Dangerous is number one. Never been done before in the history of country music. And I think John Rich, that uh, that should be telling to to those people that you we, we all speak of on, on Music Row and in Nashville that run the labels and uh, the radio stations and uh, places like that. The, uh, the, the Country Music Association uh, canceled the CMA Music Festival today. Uh, CMA Music Festival, if you're not familiar with it, is a, a four-day uh, celebration in downtown Nashville. Hundreds of live concerts from sunup to sundown and, and for many, including myself, a year or four, uh, all night long. Uh, and and it's, it's a va- country music fans, John, turned it into a, a, a vacation. Um, as, a, as an artist touring during a pandemic, uh, I, most concerts, I think, must be at 75 to 85% capacity to be profitable. And I think that, that might be just on the low end. So when, when venues are capped at, at 15, 20, 25, 30%, um, it's, it's not economically feasible for most. And, and shows held below 50% capacity are just not a viable model to, to ramp back up fixed costs for people that miss live music. What's your vision for live music returning and what's that look like well we had some big and rich shows uh for march april and may and they all just got moved to september october november so and then seeing the cma fest cancel you know that's kind of a big red flare of hey don't expect any concerts anytime soon you know so it's interesting how the how these two things can coexist on one hand one of the biggest states in the union texas opening wide up and letting people make their own decisions. But on the other side, we got to cancel CMA fest, you know, people in Texas, you know, the, the virus won't get you in Texas, but the virus will get you in Nashville. I mean, how's that work? We've, we've seen all kinds of rules like that. I mean, I'm a bar owner. And so the mayor of Nashville, he's, you know, he's been saying over the months, okay, you can open up, but you have to close at 9 PM. And I'm thinking, why? Because at 10 p.m. you'll catch COVID? I mean, what are you talking? If it's that dangerous, shut it down and don't open it up at all. I mean, where where is the middle line? It's either going to kill you or it's not. Which one is it? Make up your mind. And what I've really come to the realization is it's all about control. It's all about control. How far can we push people before they just say, no, thank you, and they push back? You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in other countries, Belgium, the Netherlands, Ireland, where tens of thousands of people are taken to the streets just like they used to and having peaceful protests and concerts and all kinds of stuff because they said, we're just not going to put up with this anymore. And you're not seeing that on the mainstream news because that that flies against their narratives. But I think Americans are at that point, too, and it's going to put pressure on other states to see what Texas did today. I, I hope it affects Tennessee. That's where I live. We are classified as a music and entertainment news podcast by Apple. Um, and, and we had a conversation, gosh, it's been a few months, I believe, Donna, but but top of this episode, we were just talking, uh, you know, in anticipation of you coming on this episode about all the many hits that you've written for so many people through uh, the years and not just the hits for, uh, for Big and Rich. Um, I had heard a story about a hit that you wrote for Faith Hill, Mississippi Girl. Mm-hmm. And it was that basically Faith wanted an autobiographical song about her upbringing in, in Mississippi. And basically there was like a, a, a casting call for it. And um, that th- several different songwriters pitched songs to her and she chose Mississippi girl written uh, by you. Any truth to that? Mm. You know what? That's the first time I've heard that it was a casting call. I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if she reached out to a lot of people. The, the way it happened for me was uh, we were out 
opening for Tim McGraw early on, first real big tour of Big and Rich. And Faith was out there. And she, uh, this was right when Redneck Woman was a smash and Hicktown was a smash and Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. All those songs were out at the same time. And I had written on all those songs. And uh, Faith came, came to me in a parking lot, you know, where all the buses were sitting. And she said, hey, John. I said, like, hey, Faith. <laughs> and she said, uh, I wish you'd write me a song. I said, God, I'd love to write you a song. What do you want to sing about? And she said, I don't know. I just wish you'd write a song that it would only make sense if I sang it. Like, it wouldn't even make sense for anybody else to sing it. I said, okay. She goes, so if you come up with something, let me know. And, and she walked off. I'm like, wow, that's quite a homework assignment. But I'm going to try to figure this out because it's Faith Hill. You know, I'm a huge fan. And, man, okay. So I, I just observed her a little more closely backstage. And, you know, she's back there with her kids wearing flip-flops and a ball cap, drinking a Corona. And then when it's time to go on stage, she sings It's Your Love, and she's wearing this, you know, evening gown, and there's 30,000 people, and she's an absolute, you know, rock star. Walks back off the stage within 10 minutes, back in the flip-flops, back in the ball cap, back in a lawn chair, hanging out with her kids. And I went, bingo, that's, that's what her fans don't know about her, that she's really just a Mississippi girl. So I started the song off with a line that only faith could sing which is it's a long way from star mississippi, mississippi. yeah such her a hometown great song. and when i played it for a few days later out in the parking lot again I, I said okay i think i wrote a song only you can sing and i sang it to her and she got a tear in her eye she said that's it i'm cutting it and i, I was like holy cow i can't believe that just happened and wound up being a really big song that's a great story. I got to tell you, I thought that story was going in a different direction. When you said Faith Hill met you in a parking lot. Came bus up to me in a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm no. like, where's this going? Now we're getting some Nashville tea. <laughs> she's, a, she's a real music lover, man. I mean, she's, you know, there's a reason why she had the career she did. And Tim, for that matter. They they really pick great songs. They uh, They know what they want to say. And, you know, they're not really songwriters, but they know what they want to say. And that's a big deal being an artist is, you know, don't do what they tell you to do. Do what do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. And songwriters are important in that process to be able to, I call it sniper writing. It's like, give me a target and see if I can hit it, you know, with the right lyric. And I was able to hit that target. Well, it's amazing what, what, what songwriters can do with words. It's like what an artist does with, with a paintbrush. It, it's an art. And, and I've always been such a huge fan of of the songwriters we, we talk a lot about songwriting in the music business on the podcast um and we've talked about songs being put on hold and what that means is as you know a songwriter writes a song and maybe another artist hears it and goes wow i want to record that song what happens john rich um has there ever been an artist put a hold on a song that you've written that didn't uh didn't excite you and and can you as the songwriter pass if, if you're not interested in giving your song to that particular artist, maybe not for personal reasons, you know, there could be a laundry list of reasons why is, is that considered okay? Um, well, I'll give you, I'll give you a story that shows you, I have no idea what in the hell I'm talking about. I'm about to say it that way <laughs> because there was an artist uh, that came through Nashville back about 2002, three, I've never heard of this guy. I said, what record label are you on? He tells me the name of his record label. It's some brand new upstart label that was funded by a, a car dealer. I'm like, what is going on? Okay. And, and, the, and the kid goes, I really like some of your songs. Can I put them on hold for my record? And I'm thinking, well, what songs is it? He had heard some of my songs being played. And he starts calling out some of my 
I felt like my best songs. And I thought, God almighty, I don't know, man, because I always thought that one might be for Chesney and this one would be great for George Strait. You know, I'm, oh, I don't know. I said, okay, you got it. You know, cross your fingers. Let's hope something happens. Well, that was Jason Aldean. And the songs were Amarillo Sky, Hick Town, Johnny Cash, and a song called Why. And they all went number one. And <laughs> Jason Aldean, I'd be lucky to open a show for him today. He is so big. So, you know, you just never know that the truth answer is any artist that wants to gamble their career on something that I wrote is the highest form of flattery to a songwriter. I don't don't care who they are. You know, they got to make decisions on those songs. And especially if they're a new act, their future depends on that. If they don't have hits, they're not going to have a second record. So if they think enough of my music to actually record it and stake their career on it, I always say yes. And I'm always grateful for it. That's one good thing we've said, you know, that's come out of this time where everybody's kind of been locked up is we think creatives are incredibly creative right now, you know, because you got a lot of time on your hands and there's a lot right now in the world to talk about and speak about. So hopefully if there's anything positive, if anything positive comes out of this time, it will be that. And we've already seen it, you know, with the Eric Church, you know, triple albums and the Morgan Wallen double album that people are writing, you know, they're, they're, they're expressing Mm -hmm. themselves. They want to get these thoughts out of their head and onto, onto paper, you know? Yeah. I think it's an important thing for artists to do that because guess what we're, we're representative of the listener i mean i am a country fan you know it's like i said i have a high school diploma i grew up in a trailer in texas i'm nothing fancy i am a country fan i am like a lot of my fans a lot of country music fans and you know i feel like we probably have the same thought processes feel the same way about a lot of subjects so when a songwriter a country songwriter can put it down in a real strong clear way uh, you know, it really becomes an asset to the listener because now they feel like, wow, somebody finally said what I'm thinking, what I've been feeling, and it makes them feel better. You know, and that, that's an important job songwriters have. You you recently uh, moved Redneck Riviera Whiskey to Kentucky, and I, I know that that had to have been a decision that you spent a lot of time thinking about. Why, why that decision? Well, uh, my original partner on Redneck Riviera Whiskey was based in the most unlikely place you could possibly ever imagine for a brand that I would own and that would be Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. <laughs> of all the places. Uh, so you say, well, John, how did that happen? How did you wind up in Portland, Oregon? Well, it just so happened that, uh, in my opinion, the best master distiller in the United States, uh, a lady named Mel Heim lived in Portland and worked for this, uh, fairly small regional distiller out there. But she told me, she said, I can figure out how to make American blended whiskey, like what you're trying to get to. It's going to take time, but we can do it. I said, great, let's go. And guess what? She figured it out. We figured it out together. And so that's where I was. But what happened was, is so much whiskey started moving. So many people around the U.S. started looking for the whiskey and buying the whiskey and, you know, learning more about it. It got bigger than what that company could really keep up with. So I looked for uh, a new partnership and found one, an incredibly strong partner, a guy that's been in the whiskey world for decades, grew up in it, uh, and he's based in Louisville, Kentucky. So, you know, that's the heart of whiskey country, sure. and it's, it's, it's central. You know, it's, it's in the more middle of the United States. It's not exactly efficient, Cadillac, to uh, ship whiskey from Portland, Oregon to Tampa, Florida. You know what I mean? I guess that's a lot of gas. So, uh, 
it, it actually helped me a, a, a great deal because it, it cost me less now to make it. So the first move I made was I lowered the price point. So it went from $24.99 down to $21.99. And that's been the whole point all along is to create something that was premium, but that was at an affordable price point and to give back. I give back to Folds of Honor with every single bottle we sell. They put kids through college who lost a parent in combat. And to date, Redneck Revere Whiskey Sales have funded 110 college grants. That's something I'm pretty proud of. That's amazing. Great work. Podcasting has become the, the biggest audio medium uh, in, in, in the world right now. Um, what do you, what podcast do you listen to on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? Since I know you listen to Kettle, I check my second act on Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> you know, I got two little kids, nine and 11, two boys. So we got a lot of baseball, basketball. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm running full speed with, with TV shows and, and whiskey and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I'm into like, uh, I, I love to learn about ancient stuff. Like I like to hear about, Tell me about what they just dug up in Turkey. You know, okay. tell, tell me about tell me about these monoliths they just found in South America. I want to know about that. Uh, I'm into more of the sci-fi. You know, I grew up, my dad's a Star Trek nut, you know, and I love that, that kind of thing. And politics, you know, I mean, you get enough of it as it is, but I find some of the best commentary and truth, the truthful speaking comes from, from podcasts, comes from people that are not beholden to a network or something, you know, like you guys, you're able just to speak freely. And I think that's probably one reason why people go to podcasts now, because they feel like they're hearing kind of the unfiltered version of what people actually think. Guitar licks and politics. You know, I've gone back Ooh, and forth boy. a little bit uh, about this. This is this true? Cause I, I saw you uh, hit on Fox news uh, last week and you were talking about this. This is something that you're very serious about. Yeah, I'm very serious about it. So, you know, I was thinking, what's the only two reasons I ever turn on a radio? Well, one is to listen to country music and two is to listen to spitfire conservative talk. Those are the two things I, I would turn the radio on for. And I'm thinking, what if those two things coexisted on the same station and the people that are the, the on-air personalities are, are conservative minded people. And you go from, from hearing, you know, the Bellamy brothers and Charlie Daniels and, you know, all of our favorite stuff into current events and what's going on. And then right back into some of your favorite country music. Wouldn't that be a station I would listen to? Yes. Now, yes. Thumbs up. I would definitely listen to that radio station. So I have started, uh, started the talks um, with some, some really, really big people with big gigantic audiences that also think, that is a good idea. And I don't know how long it would take for that to become reality, but my goal is I would like to see it become reality this year. And so I'm working towards that. And I think that's something we have to do. You know, if cancel culture is going to take away platforms from conservatives and they're going to shut us up and kill our means of communication, you know, our feeling is, well, we got to run for the hills, but there ain't no hill to run to son. So where are you going to go? Well, we got to build our own hills we got to create new situations to go to because their whole goal in cancel culture is to isolate you, shut you up. We don't have to deal with you anymore. That way our narrative does not have any, anything pushing back against it. And they're really good at, at making that happen as we're all watching. But I think instead of sitting around whining about the election or what you don't like that Joe Biden's doing or anything else, how about figure out new ways to go about it 
build new hills for people to run to. And that's kind of the mindset I'm in today. I like that. I love that. I got one last question. When you're running around on the ball field, do you ever show up in any of those like bedazzled jeans that Granny used to make? Like just I sleep in bedazzled jeans. What are you do? talking about? Oh my gosh. I go to bed in bedazzled jeans. I could <laughs> like I, I would be Cadillac so excited knows. if he like if he showed up at my at the ball field in those, I'd be like, Oh boy. Like field four at, yes. at Moore Park. Yeah. Like field four, here he comes. And you're like, here comes JR in his bedazzled jeans. <laughs> well, I tell you what, my you know, my granny Rich, uh, she worked forty hours a week, and a lot of times more hours than that from the time she was about 15 years old all the way to almost 89 years old. Uh, we lost her last summer. Yeah. She passed away uh, summer of 2020, but she was running her own business right up until the very end, still 40 hours a week um, as, as a seamstress. And so her main sewing machine that she used all the time and that she made all my stage clothes with from Lone Star all the way up to this past year, <laughs> I actually took it out of her shop and brought it to my house and uh, it was made in 1910 and had come from a factory that had sewn World War I uniforms and World War II uniforms. And then my Granny Rich bought it in the early 1950s and had it since then. So uh, when I wear those rhinestone jeans, uh, it means a lot more than just flashing them around. You know, they look cool, but uh, there's a lot of, lot of family in that jeans, too. Oh yeah. Let's go out on this, John. Uh, thank you for your time and, and your friendship through uh, through the decades. Um, you know, the, tw the year we're coming up on the one year. Um, you know, basically a lot of people mark March thirteenth as as the day that that everybody kind of said, "What the f's getting ready to happen here?" Um, mm -hmm. It's been tough on on everybody uh, financially, emotionally, uh, physically, um, but it's as, as adults, but also on on kids and then you know don and i have three wills 21 now i don't know if you can believe that or not jr but yeah uh, wow olivia 17 charlotte's 14 as as a dad to colton cash what conversations are you having about their well-being because as a the great dad that i know that you are you also have to be concerned about the boys during this time right and, and it's not just mm -hmm. the pandemic it's politics it's the it's the the uh it's just been a negative shitty year john rich you know you know, the main thing I am concerned with about them is that they do not pick up from me too much negative energy or stress energy coming off their dad. Um, because what we're dealing with in this country is maddening. It's stressful. It's awful what, what we're looking at on every single level. And it's the kids should not have to experience that. And so I try to watch myself pretty tight. But every now and then I'll sit them down and I'll say, you want to hear something crazy that happened in the country today? They'll be like, sure. And I'll talk to them like they're my age and give them the respect and courtesy of they can understand what I'm talking about. And we'll actually talk about a current event, about something that's going on. And I won't be negative about it. I'll say, isn't that great? Do you think that's, that's a good decision that this just happened or that just happened? And they'll sit there and talk about it and, and, what I find is that if you'll take time with your kids and tr treat them like people instead of just like little kids, they become they become more, I think, level uh, with the house in general, with the, with the energy in the house and what's being talked about between mom and dad. They have a little more understanding about it. And to me, that's that's part of being a dad is is letting them in on what's actually going on. I mean, this is a historic. I find it unfortunate, historic moment in time. But nevertheless, historic. And, I, you know, I want them to know. I remember when I was a little kid, my dad talking to me about 
COVID-19 and what was going on and the decisions that were being made, they'll remember that, you know, remember that kids, they pick up on everything and, and you need to keep them in the loop to a certain degree and try to stay fun, you know, try to try to make them, make sure they know you love them and play with them a whole bunch, but also don't BS your kids. Let them know that there's some stuff going on out there. that's pretty serious too. And that's the approach I take. Nobody knows if they're being a good mom or dad, I guess, until you see them grow up. Yeah. So I hope I'm doing it right. <laughs> I feel like we're doing pretty good so far. I'm sure you are, man. Hey, uh, uh, keep me penciled in for 5 to 6 a.m. Eastern on Guitar Licks and Politics, okay? <laughs> hey, will do. Guitar Licks and Politics. All right, brother. I love you guys. All right, man. Take care, JR. Appreciate Thank it very you, much. Check out uh, John Rich on the Fox News Network as a contributor, host on Fox Nation. And if you're ever in Nashville, uh, swing by and visit Redneck Riviera Bar and Barbecue. And um, good visit. Good stuff from John Rich. Yeah, I love him. I, I think he's so passionate about the way he feels. And again, if, you, if you're if you listening to the podcast and you don't feel the way he does, that's okay. You know, but I think uh, he, he's definitely passionate. And like I said, and I know you feel the same way, too, because we've known him a long time, him and Big Kenny. And um, the interesting thing about Big Kenny is I think when people met the two of them, if you said, what is their political persuasion? You would probably assume after talking to John that he, he stood where he did. But because Big Kenny's kind of a redneck farm boy, as he called himself, kind of a hippie trippy. From Virginia. From Virginia, you would think he stood on the other side and he didn't. He is as politically aligned or was, now I don't know if that's changed, um, with John as, you know, as they ever have been. But I, I think it's, I admire someone who is not afraid to speak out and it is not easy these days. John's a great follow on Twitter, too, at John, J-O-H-N, Rich, R-I-C-H, tweeted today, in my opinion, a pencil and a blank sheet of paper are the two most powerful things on the planet, and every person has access to them. The Bible, the Constitution, the Declaration, the Emancipation, all started with a blank sheet of paper, a pencil, and an inspired human J.R. John Rich, lots of good, uh, lots of good memories, lots of stories we could share through the years. Remember Charleston? Yeah, best not. <laughs> we, yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, great resource for you. Ask for the Wolfman and Ask for Donna merch, and also, well, they got a brand new. I mean, they got a relatively new website. It looks great. And in everything, they're great photographs, and you can you can search by what you're looking for: sectionals, home office, recliners bedrooms i have driven just to escape donna and the kids and i've never been to this before i've driven to gainesville 1600 brownsbridge road before and i have taken a nap in in one of the recliners and on the showroom floor before okay people are like who's that weird man napping in yeah. a beautiful jackson recliner starting at just 269 a gallery furniture well that's me it's cadillac jack I love that. Have you ever noticed though, the amount of recliners that they have? It's there's crazy. like there's like there's just row after row. It's a sixteen thousand square foot warehouse and showroom. Row after row after row of of, of just nothing uh, but recliners, bedrooms. Uh, you can search online uh, with with living room sets and dining room sets and bed bedroom sets and mattresses too. Well, you know what's great about it too is like when you go in some of these like fancy schmancy showrooms and they've got them all like staged and set up. You're almost like you're almost afraid to sit on the couches or, you know, lay on a bed to try it out. Is this like the height of the mattress that you want? And here, um, it, it's a great, it's a huge showroom. You're encouraged to sit on these couches, pull up the levers, use the power, you know, to to put your feet up and try out the mattresses. I mean, like, you know, don't, don't like try, try them out, but I mean, just sit on them and stuff like that. So, Ew. Well, not like that. Something for all your home needs. <laughs> mm. All the great prices. I just mean don't lay on. And you'll often find Donna 
still wandering around. Uh, Marilyn, her daughter, really runs the show. Don't tell Donna that, though. But uh, they're both up there as the Wolfman Legacy continues at Gallery Furniture. Ask for the Wolfman.com. Financing is available. Again, locally owned business. They're going to work with you. Uh, unlike a lot of the big box retailers. And they're also going to have uh, inventory. Uh, and if they don't have it on the floor, Donna will personally uh, get on her her, her computer and, and Find it. pop it up and put it in order and bring it to the store and then deliver it to you. You Gallag- know the other uh-huh, thing, the last thing, do you, last thing? Do you know the other thing that the big box What's retailers don't have? What's the other thing that the big, big box retailers don't have? They do not have a turtle. A, a red box turtle. Yes, a huge, huge red box turtle. Like size of a shoe box. Yes. Red shoe box turtle gallery furniture ask for the wolfman.com uh pod peeps for this episode shelby a huge supporter of the my second act podcast she's taking you to task on I your knew, eyes. and i knew that she would yeah on your i eyes. knew as mm-hmm. soon as we walked out of the studio after you outed me for wearing readers yep. as as glasses i knew i'd hear from shelby yep and uh, i did hi caddy after hearing you and donna discuss your reading glasses I, as a licensed optician, op, optician optician thank you with 39 years experience have a couple of pieces of advice for you number one Go to an eye doctor, get a complete exam, including dilation. Dilation opens up the pupils so uh, the doctor can do the medical part of the exam. You could have a medical condition that you're not aware of that needs to be taken care of. Some of the doctors I've worked with have discovered evidence of strokes, glaucoma, gonorrhea, brain tumors. I I think it was glaucoma. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Number two, buy a pair of prescription glasses. Hello. When you get those cheaters, you're not going to get optimal vision because you may not need the same power in both eyes. You need to have glasses made with your PD, distance between pupils. You may need correction for astigmatism. And you may also need correction for distance as well. You need all of that. Okay, Donna. All of that. You got one eye that's one power and another eye that's another power. But I'm, they're both powerful. But I'm just so glad that, like, I'm so glad Shelby came I in knew because she would sometimes too. I think people think I'm trying to boss you around and I'm not. Mm. It's just these, mm. these, I mean, you just can't drive around in a pair of readers. I have for years. It's not smart. Trust me on this. You'll be glad you did, Shelby. Thank you, Shelby, for your support. I uh, love to communicate between episodes and my second act. A couple of different ways to do that. Social media, Twitter and Instagram at ATL Cadillac, the Cadillac Jack Facebook fan page, and most importantly, the voicemail and text line. Dedicated line for podcast peeps. Come straight to my phone. Everything that you want to say or type. 770-464-6024. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.